Alright, hey fam, it's Phoenix Kalita. This is the Swapcast. Thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, we're going to cover some sex worker rights news, uh, just some general things going on in the sex work community. Uh, I hope everyone's getting ready for their December 17th uh, events. Check your local uh, sex worker outreach project chapter. Uh, there's a list of them on the Swap main website, swapusa.org. And a lot of the uh, Swap chapters also have um, Twitter accounts or Facebook pages. You can hit them up there and ask if they're doing a December 17th event. Most are. And it could be a, a really good time to come together to memorialize sex workers to uh, do some community building. So check that out uh, as December 17th is approaching. So uh, today for Swapcast, we're just going to cover some um, basic news. This... I think I have to cover it just because it happened. Like, I'm not pleased about this, but fucking Kanye West, still cooning and buffooning, uh, as it tends to go with him, uh, has come out, and yeah, yeah, if you haven't been following Kanye, I think everybody has. He had this weird fucking right-wing conversion. He's like an evangelical Christian now. He loves Trump. He says wearing his MAGA hat makes him feel like a superhero or some type of bullshit. I don't fucking know. Um... Now he says that uh, strip clubs are a form of sex trafficking. Don't worry, it gets better, because I'm going to actually read his uh, quote. It's ridiculous. Let's just get the fuck into this nonsense. All right. So Kanye West says he believes that strip clubs are equivalent to sex trafficking. When he spoke at Joel Osteen, yeah, the same Joel Osteen who wouldn't, didn't want to let people in his mega church during um, flooding. Yeah, that guy. Uh, when he spoke at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas on Sunday, November 17th, 2019, uh, where the controversial rap artist went on a rant about his thoughts on strip clubs. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, this is a direct, this is a direct fucking quote. They get posters advertising sex trafficking because if there's an advertisement for a strip club, that is advertising sex trafficking. What? Make it make sense. Black Jesus saved me. Uh, Wes said, at the end of the night, when they close up, the manager says, how much traffic do we have? I guess calling customers clients is sex trafficking. I don't know. I don't understand how that works. I'll read it again. Y'all can try to figure it out. It don't make no type of sense. They got posters advertising sex trafficking because if there's an advertisement for a strip club, that is advertising sex trafficking. At the end of the night, when they close up, the manager says, how much traffic do we have? I don't know how any of those things uh, relate to sex trafficking, but it's 2019. Nothing needs to make sense anymore. West continued. So if it's a man that's going through things with his family or going through things at work and he feels he has to go there, we all end up participating. Or whether it's the spirits that get advertised to us all the time, alcohol, they call that a spirit. Okay. All right. Uh, He added that strip clubs are given more promotion than religion. He said, quote, So we get constant advertisement for spirits. We get constant advertisement for strip clubs and other things like that. When we bring up the name of Jesus, we're told to be quiet, he said, referencing his recent transition to gospel music. What? Um, I don't know about y'all, but I see churches getting a lot of promotion. I think they're one of the biggest uh, 501c3s we have in this country are churches. So I don't know what this guy is talking about. Uh, He says, quote, so even for someone who's professing God, the devil is going to come and do everything he can to distract people from knowing how to fully be in service to the Lord. I don't know. I guess that means locking kids up in cages and whatnot, right? Because he does that. Um, that, That's a Republican thing and he wants to be a Republican. So 
I guess that's a service to the Lord. I don't know. Uh, West was wrong on several fronts. Strip clubs, when conducted legally, feature people who have chosen to dance partially or fully nude in exchange for money. However, sex trafficking continues to be a major criminal issue in the United States as women and young girls across the country are being kidnapped and forced into the sex trade. According to the International Labor Organization, it's estimated that 4.8 million people are trapped in forced sexual exploitation globally. Yeah. So, I don't... uh I don't know what's going on with Kanye. None of that rant made any type of sense. What he was talking about had nothing to do with sex trafficking, but, um, you know, just watch where it goes now because now that he's uh, the conservative darling because there's not a lot of black conservatives, uh, you know, partisan black conservatives, and he's happy to step in and fill that role um, and keep white conservative evangelicals happy, this is just going to feed into that moral panic. I can't wait. Can't wait. Ugh. I know. Huh. Okay. Do-do-do. I really got to get a co-host. It takes too long for my um, articles to load up, so I'm just kind of like trying not to have a silence like, oh, okay, hurry up and load, please. I also want to take a drink of water. Uh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I need a co-host. All right. Um, this is just more of an update uh, if folks haven't seen it yet. So the bill to decriminalize sex work in D.C. has died Um, A bill that would have decriminalized sex work in the nation's capital will not move forward this year. The Washington Post has reported the bill's death comes after an emotional emotional hearing that lasted 14 hours. Thousands of emails uh, about the bill... Excuse me. Thousands of emails about the bill revealed a deep divide between district residents. Councilman Charles Allen chairs the committee that heard the testimony. He says the bill lacked support to pass a committee vote. Councilman David Grosso wrote the bill in collaboration with uh, sex workers and said it would should be brought to the ballot box. He says that the bill was undermined by Chairman Phil Mendelson, who opposed the bill since initial iteration was proposed in 2017. Uh, Mendelson disagreed, saying his office heard primarily negative feedback about the bill. I don't believe you. Um, negative feedback from rescue agencies, maybe because they make money off of this moral panic, but... Um, you know, everyone who was working, uh, with, you know, all sorts of sex worker orgs, um, were involved, all sorts of people sent in written testimony. I appreciate everything everyone did, um, to try to push for this. Uh, it was, it was a huge effort and unfortunately didn't pass, but we can always try again. Um, I think definitely it's bringing the conversation to the forefront and that it, um, is, you know, creating a society where this is going to be more and more common to talk about decriminalizing sex work. It's not nearly as taboo to say it as it was maybe a decade ago. There's definitely more people aware, more people involved. So even though this wasn't the result that we wanted, um, I just want to give a shout out to everybody who, you know, got up and spoke and got up and protested and signal boosted and, you know, did what they could. Um, You know, your efforts are not in vain. You definitely help move the conversation. So be proud of that. Okay. And then uh, the last one I was going to cover today um, was this was on Vice. I don't read Vice a ton, but uh, I just I hate using the word interesting because interesting makes it sound like you're looking at it like a science project or something or, you know, but this is really serious. But I think it's very important. They interviewed several sex workers um, about going to the doctor and how difficult that can be. So I just wanted to read a little bit of this. Um So someone says, I've been going to the same GP, general practitioner, for over 30 years, and I don't think she knows what I do for a living. Why should any healthcare be interested in my job if it's nothing to do with why I'm there? 
But for sex workers, that interest can cross over into judgment and prejudice, according to Humanitas ESSM, a Dutch organization that specializes in sexuality, sex work, and human trafficking. Together with former sex workers, they've developed the Help and Care for Sex Workers course to educate gynecologists, GPs, counselors, social workers, and others about treating sex worker patients with dignity. I spoke to sex workers about their experiences with stigma in the healthcare system and how it can prevent people from asking for help altogether. So they have a, a little bit here from someone named Agneta Lakins, age 36, escort. Obviously, all these names are changed because stigma kills. Um, Agneta says, It's very rare to find a healthcare worker who doesn't have prejudices about sex work. They're often anxious about what I do. They're more alert, uncomfortable, and don't know how to handle themselves when I tell them what I do for a living. It's like they think I'm scary and they treat me accordingly. For every single ailment or illness I've had, from a runny nose to an ingrown toenail, all of my previous GPs pointed toward my line of work as a cause. I once went to see a GP for an eye infection. She immediately assumed I'd caught sperm in my eye. I explained to her that I never let that happen, but she wouldn't change her mind. Eventually, we went through a whole series of tests to determine whether it was an STD. I don't mind being extra cautious and ruling out it's an STD, but in the end, it caused a lot of hassle and delay because my GP couldn't separate me from my work. That's messed up. I told another GP, a man this time I was a sex worker. He gave me a lecture about how uh, I, I didn't realize what I was doing to my body and he couldn't agree to it morally or physically. Ugh. Obviously, I got out of there quickly. Uh, then we have Hella D, age 29, works in a brothel. Given the choice, I don't tell anyone about my job. One GP I visited convinced, was convinced that brothels were downright dirty and unsanitary. It's not very uh, practical to see a GP who instantly thinks anything you have might be highly contagious and linked to an STD. Another doctor insisted on putting my job description in my medical file. Oof. I told him it was private information that had nothing to do with why I was in his office. Since he found out about my job, he's always linked it to my health. He asked me point blank if maybe my panic attacks were caused by my line of work instead of explaining that pan what panic attacks are and how to treat them. I was too scared to ask another person for help, and in the end, I spent six years struggling with my anxiety without treatment. Luckily, I've had some good experiences as well. When I finally managed to seek advice about my panic attacks again, I found out I have ADD. I was sent to a cognitive behavioral therapist and finally decided to open about what I do for a living. She responded well, didn't make a big deal out of it, and didn't discuss details with her colleagues. After my treatments, her notes ended up in the shredder, and she never once suggested I should quit my job. I really loved that. The things sex workers have to do to try to get, like, basic fucking humanity out of people, it's disgusting. It really fucking is. I hate it. Um, okay, let's, yeah, let's just reload. <laughs> I wasn't trying to read this article through at all or anything anyway. Do, 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 do. Yvette Lures, 34, porn and webcam performer, um, who also helped develop the Help and Care for Sex Workers program. She said, I had a tiny bump on my vulva that wouldn't go away. My GP referred me to a gynecologist. That's when I told her I worked in the sex industry and I masturbated on camera several times a day, so it was important to have the bump checked out. She took it seriously. She wanted a second opinion from her co-worker, who was busy treating another patient, so my gynecologist told me she would be back in 10 minutes or so. I mentioned in that case I'd quickly grab my phone. She immediately stopped and said, Oh, you're not planning on doing any work here, are you? What? Who's gonna... In the middle of a fucking gynecological exam? That don't even make any type of sense. What? Uh, I was a bit shocked by the question and said, No, I'm not able to do my work. That's the reason I'm here. When she came back, she apologized. 
but the point was she didn't trust me and I was already in a vulnerable situation. If I weren't a sex worker, she wouldn't have made the comment. If I were a lawyer and had wanted to answer an email, she wouldn't have told me not to work. I had another bad experience at a mental health clinic. I showed up with symptoms relating to burnout because I was working more than 80 hours a week. After my intake interview, they treated me with specific therapy sessions that felt like they had no connection to what I needed. After a year of therapy, I asked to see the files on my intake interview and noticed they didn't mention burnout or trauma. It only said, does sex work specifically porn? Wow. People really do hate sex workers. Uh, Samantha, 27, a former sex worker, says, I once asked my GP about why I was taking monthly STD tests. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me read that. Once my GP asked me why I was taking a monthly STD test, so I explained I was involved in sex work and did it for my own safety and the safety of my clients. From that moment on, he kept giving me excuses, saying like things he was too busy to have me tested, so I had to do it myself. Even when I came to see him for a simple fungal infection I caught from taking antibiotics from a cold, he made me take the test myself. You should be able to feel safe with your GP, but it felt like he no longer wanted to do anything with me. He wouldn't even look me in the eye. Eventually, I found another GP who was very kind. He treats me like everyone else. I didn't confront my old GP about his behavior. I didn't feel like defending myself. I've also dealt with project, uh, prejudice at the hospital. I had HPV, human papillomavirus, uh, a common virus you can contract through sex. I got it before I started sex work from a study partner, but each and every time I had to explain to my gynecologist, I did not get it from a client. That's what they all assumed. From then on, I demanded to see only one gynecologist who never looked at me weirdly because of my job. That's fucking wild. I just, you know, it's depressing, but I just wanted to point that out when it comes to the type of stigma that sex workers deal with. And then, of course, you know, keep in mind what we were mentioning as we started this off, right? Kanye West is saying that um, strip clubs are, uh, the, are, are a form of human trafficking. And it's like, if someone looks at you already and thinks you're dirty or you're trafficked or you're a victim, how are you supposed to get adequate medical care, you know? And we talk about things like stigma kills. This is exactly the type of stuff that we're talking about. Not being able to get um, adequate health care can be deadly and not even just um, necessarily referring to sexual health, right? If your doctor doesn't take you seriously because, you know, this person who had an eye infection, that could have, uh, you know, gone to the other eye and caused more problems. It can cause all sorts of problems if your doctors don't take you seriously. So um, when we talk about stigma, you know, it's a, it's a huge thing and it manifests itself in a lot of ways and um, getting subpar treatment from medical professionals is one of those ways. So if you are a medical professional or a healthcare professional of any kind, be kind to your sex worker patients. They're nice people. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me. That has been a swap cast. I am out of here. All right. Bye y'all. But they never wanna leave. Hey.